0: You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Life. Logan Couture wins it in overtime! Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Alex Petrangelo, waiting, feeds it up ahead of Mark Stone. Cross to Michael Amadio. Now here's Petrangelo walking in deep. Takes it in behind the saddles And now it scores! On the wraparound! Alex Petrangelo, his first of the season.
1: Yeah, right from the get-go, we look flat for sure. Um, you know, getting down again 2-0 certainly didn't help our cause. Uh, but we just didn't, uh, we're half a step behind all night long. We defended way too much. Weren't able to end plays. Uh... And just for chasing the game, really, from the drop of the puck.
0: All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome as we look back at the Sharks' 5-0 defeat at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights. Although I had some hope the Sharks would be able to get a three-game winning streak, uh, well, we always go back to that saying that hope is not a strategy, and the Sharks looked very much like a team that was on the second night of a back-to-back On the road and going up against a team that is quite frankly far better than the Sharks are right now and now that doesn't mean that the Sharks didn't do some things that they could have made life easier on themselves but while it wasn't certainly a foregone conclusion that game was going to be a difficult uh, that was going to be a difficult task for the Sharks in any way shape or form but. What I didn't like was right off the fact you give up a goal that quickly into the game, about a minute in. You're doing yourself just a great amount of disservice. You're on the road, and you're then chasing it for the rest of the game. We saw the Sharks do that to both Philadelphia and Edmonton in their last two home games. They were able to take an early lead when you're at home and you put the pressure on the opposition that early on in the game when you take control and force them to react they don't have time to really establish their possession they don't have time to establish other things on the ice their defensive structure as well because they are they're already trying to create some offense they're already trying to make something happen and you know the sharks where they are right now they do not have a great deal of offensive creativity um duclair was out he's got an illness right now which uh, you might hear a little bit in my voice as well uh but you know you are dealing with a team that does not have a great amount of offensive creation as it stands right now when you take Duclair out of the lineup, especially the way he's played in the last couple of games. I really like the opportunities he's been creating. That's going to put the Sharks at a deficit. And a deficit against that Vegas team as well as they are playing and you know trying to bounce back after a couple of losses where they had been red hot before that, it, uh, it didn't end well for the Sharks. I'll put it that way. But y- you didn't like the fact that they gave up the goal that early. I think those first two goals, Capo would much rather have those back Um, you know, those are, listen, anybody can give up goals. I thought the defense, um, was kind of poor on a couple of those just didn't look particularly phenomenal. But the one that really bugged me is that, you know, the shorthanded goal, because at that point you have a chance to get yourself back into the game. You give up two goals in the first period. You've got a chance to really build upon what I thought was a high quality second period where the Sharks did not let Vegas get away from them. They kept themselves within striking distance, a two goal deficit, uh, I know people will say that is the most dangerous lead in hockey. Uh, i don't I don't buy it, a. But I do think that that is an opportunity for you to get back into the game. And if you are frustrating a team after they maybe thought they were gonna have a, a push overnight early on, you're thinking to yourself, okay, it's still a two nothing game. We can get back into this. And then very quickly into the third period, you give up a shorthanded goal. But you give up a goal about a minute into the first period. And then it only takes about two minutes and 30 seconds into that third period to give up a, a third goal. And then they build on that uh, less than two minutes later. They go up 4 nothing, And then Vegas gets a 5 nothing lead about halfway through the third period. And from there on, they are pretty much able uh, to cruise. And that's, uh, listen, we are not going to see that formula change very much for Vegas throughout the course of the year. They are going to put pressure on teams often, and they're going to keep on battling. And if you look at some of those goals that the Knights did did score, they're able to be just keeping the pressure going and keeping that offensive, you know, just relentlessness on the opposition. And that's that's going to be how it goes at times for the Sharks. They've got to be able to deal with these teams that have the amount of pressure that Vegas has to where you get one shot off, they're going to be right there looking for a rebound and trying to find that second, third attempt, and they're going to make you pay for it. And, that, that means the defense for the Sharks has to be better. That means that they have to be just a little bit more careful with the puck. Uh, don't take the penalties. And again, I, I'm not trying to be overly critical because I, fair, I feel that it was a fairly not foregone conclusion. But again, the Sharks looked exactly like I hoped they would not look. They were a step slow from the minute the game started. They didn't look like they were themselves. They didn't look like they had a lot of fresh energy in their legs. And going up against a team like Vegas, that is going to be difficult. So, you know, when all was said and done, it was very much the game that I expected it to be. It was the third time this year that the Sharks have been shut out, and you can derive from that what you will. But even though the wheels fell off a little bit in this one in the third period when it went from a 2 nothing game to a 4 nothing game with pretty, uh, pretty alarming alacrity, I-, I think for the most part... The Sharks probably feel like they played a decent game, especially, and I I know this sounds weird, but if we compare it to some of their other losses, which is what we have to do. Um, I didn't think the Sharks played particularly terribly last night. I just thought they looked like a tired team that didn't have a lot of bounce in their legs, and they actually showed good pushback in the second period. But like I said, we do have to compare this to some of the other losses they've had this year, like the loss to the Pens, the loss to Vancouver, uh, the loss to Tampa Bay. Those are the ones that we're looking at right now that are just kind of Yikes, those those are bad games. This, yeah, the Sharks did let Vegas have a couple of moments where they got away from them. And that's a little bit of a flashback to a trend we saw earlier this season where there were moments and spells where the sharks were not as good as they needed to be. But if I make the direct comparison of what we saw last night versus what we saw in those other games, the bad losses, I thought this was a better Sharks team and they did a better job of responding to adversity because again, you're down two-nothing after the first period. Remember what happened? They were down two-nothing after Uh, the first period of the pens game they then gave up five goals in that second period and suddenly it was a uh, you know it was a seven spot that was on the board for the pens heading into that third period that's not what this game was they were able to do things to slow it down to frustrate Las Vegas they were not perfect by any means but you have to be able to look at what you did better um, in this game in a loss and figure out how you can improve upon it how much better are they with a full um, rest, you know, at least one day off in between games. How much are they, you know, a little bit better if it's not the second night of a back-to-back on the road? How much better are they if they have Anthony Duclair? And we can play the ifs and buts games forever, but these are the things the Sharks probably have to be asking themselves of what went wrong in the game, why it went wrong, and what can they can expect to see in a different situation. And now I'm I'm pretty curious to see how they do on Sunday in Anaheim against a team that's had... I got to admit, a little bit better of a start than I expected them to have. This Anaheim team a year ago did not um, live up to expectations and you know, kind of took a step backwards from where they were. But you know, at this point of the year, I, I think Anaheim has been relatively impressive. It's been fun to watch them kind of reassert themselves. And at this point, they are 7-6-0, uh, 14 points on the year, fourth in the division. They're coming off of Two losses, but you know I'll be I'll be very interested to see how they look at home. The Ducks have not been particularly impressive. Three, four, and zero on the season. They've actually been better on the road. Four, two, and zero, six and four in their last ten. But you know this is not a team that's as good as Vegas. It's a team that's on the rise. There's a lot of young and potent talent on the Ducks, but it's not where you know Vegas is. It's not where even Edmonton should be if we want to look at the uh, at the bigger picture right now. But really, I I think that this does present as an opportunity for the Sharks to just be judged against a not great team on the road because when they were on the road, well, it feels like up to this point of the year, they've had some pretty difficult tasks asked of them, uh, whether it's been at Vegas like it was last night or what we saw on that uh, first road trip of the year where they had the very tough tasks against uh, Florida and Tampa and Carolina, for instance. They also played the Caps Uh, in Nashville in that stretch but you know these are that was a different Sharks team then I will say they're a better now than they were uh, just a couple of weeks ago and I also think that again this presents an opportunity for the Sharks to be more accurately judged and that's that's been something that I've gone back to this year is like don't compare the Sharks against the Stanley Cup contenders let's see where they are against other teams that are fight, fighting for the playoffs that are going to be, you know, in a workable situation where they don't have the expectation of being in the Stanley Cup final or in the final four teams or, you know, really an established contender because that's that's a lot of what we've seen whether it's been um, you know, against Boston uh, at home or whether it's been against, you know, Florida on the road or Carolina like I said. So, and last night was another example of that taking on Vegas on the road. And that's why I think this game against Anaheim on Sunday presents more of a clear opportunity for the Sharks to judge themselves. And I, listen, I know we say judge yourself against the best, but I, I don't I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but like the Sharks are not the best right now. They are not in that category. They are a rebuilding team trying to figure themselves out, trying to learn things, trying to put themselves in a situation to take steps forward, and that takes time. And then, you know, they've got some tough challenges. They're going to have Florida at home on the 14th, then they are going to be uh hosting St. Louis, then Vancouver want to see again, if the sharks can have a better performance against Vancouver, uh, than they did just a short time ago on Tuesday, the second, then they're going to be on the road uh, at Seattle, which I think presents another good road test for the sharks, the Seattle Kraken coming back to earth a little bit after the, uh, incredible second year they had last year, but it's early. Obviously you got to see where these teams end up. Uh, then they're back home playing host to Montreal. And then it's going to be the second day of a back to back in which they, uh, host Vancouver, and then they host the Capitals before they go out onto the road uh, to visit Boston at the end of the month. But this is where the schedule does start to settle down a little bit for the Sharks. And listen, if I'm going to be honest, the Sharks did win two winnable games at home in recent memory. They beat Philadelphia, which I think we viewed as winnable. They beat, uh, again, Edmonton, which the way they've been playing, I think we viewed as winnable. And now they go out on the road and take on Anaheim team to where I would say, yeah, this is a winnable game for the Sharks. Florida is going to be difficult. St. Louis, that presents an opportunity for San Jose. And, you know, Vancouver on the 20th, that's going to be difficult. At Seattle, that's a possibility. You know, hosting Montreal, that's a possibility. The day after that, they are home hosting Vancouver. That's going to be a little bit more of a difficult game. Then on the 27th, they're hosting the Caps. And then on the 30th, they go out onto the road to take on Boston. So there are opportunities for the Sharks here in the coming games for them to get some wins and have a little bit more of that positivity. Because I, I, I can't tell you enough, even though the Sharks had a, a loss last night that turned into a 5 nothing game when all was said and done, didn't have the same feel as those earlier losses. The earlier losses, there was a lot of doom and gloom. Uh, you lose, obviously, the, the 10-2 and the 10-1 games to the Pens in Vancouver. Now, those were not fun. But you go before that, the way they had lost to uh, Carolina at home, the way they lost to uh, Tampa on the road, the way they lost to Nashville on the road, those games were a lot worse for San Jose and where you had just more of a, uh, a bad and or negative feeling coming out of the game. I don't feel you had that same um, you had that same assessment coming out of last night's game because it's just... Listen, Vegas is a much better team right now. And that just is where it comes down to it. And if you're going up against a team that's that much better, good luck. Because this is where the Sharks were. You know, you go back a decade from now, they were doing this to the teams that were in the same position as the Sharks. And the Sharks made them pay for it. they feasted on that. And they kept themselves uh, in very good standing. And were able to make playoff runs year after year after year. That's what good teams do. They beat teams at the bottom. They take advantage of these situations to give themselves opportunities to keep on racking up wins and you know putting themselves in a good spot in the playoffs. Sharks only got about 20 shots off last night and did not make Aiden Hill work very hard for a shutout. No, Aiden Hill, um, he's been healthy. He's been very, very good. The former San Jose Shark uh, helped Vegas win a cup and uh, always a nice dude to me, so you're happy for him on an individual level to have success. But, I mean, the Sharks have got to have more chance generation. They've got to be able to create more opportunities. Even with the wins, that was not something they've been doing particularly well. They've just been burying their chances, which can be just as important as we saw in that game against Edmonton. They were completely outshot, uh, but they did bury their chances when they appeared. And if you take advantage of that, you're going to put yourself in a good standing. So I'm will. i I'm not going to take umbrage with the wins, uh, but overall, you want to put more pressure on the opposition. Ask more questions of their defense. Ask more questions of their goalie ask more questions of their entire structure defensively, create those opportunities. There was not a whole lot of extended puck possession. There was not a whole lot of um, second and third looks. It was a lot of one and done for San Jose when they did bring it into the zone. And a lot of the same issues that we've seen with San Jose, you know, the, the not a great ability to break out, not a great ability to get into the zone with a lot of speed. These are still areas that the sharks need to work on. And hopefully they will be able to have a little bit more of an effective game plan against Anaheim. And again, it's harder, not impossible, but harder to judge what the sharks were last night on the second night of a back-to-back, and that is one of the reasons why you do look ahead to some of the more difficult schedules, uh, scheduled opponents that they do have to see what exactly they are. Um, I'll be very curious to see what they are at home against Florida when they uh, take them on on the 14th. That's a that's a very curious game. Um, you know, after taking on this Anaheim team, where you say, okay, where are the sharks right now against a very good Florida team? It might not be the answer you want, but you are going to get an answer out of that game. Um, so the same thing could be applied to the game tomorrow in Anaheim, 5 o'clock start. And I will let you know that our good friend Nick Nolenberger is going to be on the call in that game. He will be calling his first ever NHL regular season game. Dan Rusinowski is going off to the Hockey Hall of Fame to be inducted. He is the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award winner this year. Um, congratulations to Dan Rusinowski on the honor. Congratulations to Nick Nolenberger. He will have the opportunity to broadcast his first NHL game in the regular season, like I said. And I'll be filling in for Nick Nolenberger on the Barracuda. So I'm very excited for that. I have not been able to do um, actually a hockey game in quite some time. Uh, Last time I did an AHL game was back in 2016, so I have uh, been looking forward to the opportunity. Nolenberger just hasn't gotten sick. He's been there for every game, so I've been looking forward to the opportunity to call a hockey game again. Uh, But obviously, uh, this is a big, big honor for Dan Rusinowski, first and foremost. So if you tune in on Sunday, it's not going to be Rusi. It's going to be Noli on the call and like I said you can hear me on the Barracuda a couple hours before that we start at 3 that day, the Sharks don't start at 5. Alright, we are going to take a break on the other side we are going to get into some more sound from David Quinn and we are going to talk with Nico Sturm, I interviewed him earlier this week and he had some really good thoughts about where the Sharks are, where they were headed and um, what they can become as a team heading into the future you're on Morning Tide That to-do list you have needs one more thing, chill it's an easy thing to do just crack open an ice cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing
1: Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning
0: Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light.
1: Yeah, it looked like it was a little indecision. And, you know, listen, that was one of five, and there could have been more. Uh, our number one problem was we just didn't end plays. You know, we got to people, and they had way too much time. And we didn't kill plays. We were able to get some help on for a swarm situation. And, I mean, regardless of your D-zone system, if you can't end one-on-ones, you're going to have a hard time. And that certainly was, in my mind, the story of tonight.
0: That's head coach David Quinn bringing us back in on a Saturday morning on Morning Tide as the Sharks fall to the Vegas Golden Knights by a final of 5 nothing last night. Uh, What David Quinn describes there I thought was a result of some tired legs on San Jose. Uh, Late to the puck, losing those one-on-one battles, Vegas able to take advantage. And like you said, if you can't win those one-on-one battles, well, it's not going to be a good night for you. Up to this point of the season, Mikhail Granlund has not been as effective as many would have hoped, especially given how good some of his seasons have been previously in his career. David Quinn was asked about that uh, after the game.
1: I thought he had a good night last night. You know, I mean, listen, he's missed a lot of training camp and you know, he's been thrown in the fire right from the get-go. So you know, I think he's had some good games. I know statistically it's not what he wants, and uh, but... I'm pretty confident he's going to get going here from an offensive perspective.
0: And we've seen this before with new players with the team. Also, Grandland not getting any younger, which is probably some part of it as well. He might be at a point where he's not going to be the impactful player that he was previously. But I do think the uh, low level of production he's had up to this point is uh, it's not what we expected to see. He's only got one point up to this point of the year. So you would imagine there would be a regression to the mean. It's something I've talked about with a lot of people when they've asked me about the Sharks having uh, issues up to this point of the year, I've said, well, they've had a very difficult schedule. They weren't expected to be great by any means, but they are not getting the level of production from some guys that they would have otherwise expected to have received. I mean, it's great that Fabian Zetterlin is scoring goals and looking very impactful, but uh, guys like Granlin in particular, they've got to start upping their production as well. William Eklund continues to look like an absolute gamer. He had an instance last night when he stuck up for Fabian Zetterlin is what David Quinn had to say.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's something that obviously we've been talking about from day one and, uh, you know, as we've talked about, you know, you got to play like a team and protect each other and uh, stand up for each other. And I think it's good that William
0: Eklund gets his coaching staff's attention for multiple aspects of his game, not just the scoring, not just the creativity, not just the forecheck, but the fact that he can go out there and stick up for his guys. He's not some older established veteran. He's a young guy, and he looks more and more like a gamer with each passing game. Quinn was also asked about Kapo Kakinen's performance last night.
1: Uh, I thought he'd get better as the game went on. I do. Um... You no, know, maybe like to have one of the two back uh, to start the game, but I thought he was very solid after that.
0: Yeah, as I've said multiple times up to this point of the year, while the goaltending has not been perfect, uh, it has not been the main issue with the Sharks. I look more at defensive breakdowns in last night's game. Yeah, like Quinn said, one of those two early goals uh, probably Capo wants back. But over the course of the game, I thought that he was all right. He was peppered with shots. You get, you know, you see you see that many looks, right? Like it's it's eventually going to go against you. And one more from Quinn. He is looking forward
1: to getting the day off. Yeah, it will be. It will be nice to have a day off and uh, get some rest and, you know, find our legs between now and Sunday at 5.
0: So the Sharks get a little bit of time now to relax, regroup, and focus their efforts for the upcoming game against Anaheim. As promised, I talked with Nico Sturm earlier this week. I thought he had some really good reflections on what the Sharks have been through up to this point of the year and what they can do to improve as a team. All right, we've got the San Jose Sharks' Nico Sturm with us the Wednesday after the Sharks' first win of the season. First off, man, just how good did that feel?
2: Uh, very good. I think uh, I was told uh, the reporter probably the best that the guys have slept in in a month. Um, you know, we were all carrying it around with us, whether it be at the rink or at home. Um, it was a lot of pressure. That's... Uh, that's off the shoulders now but uh, at the same time it's only one win and obviously we got a
0: got a lot of work to do going forward I think that when we look to you at post-game interviews we look at you and you know Tommy Mario guys who will give very detailed long-winded answers and the thing was it felt like you guys were at, at a loss uh, for words with some of these right. games you guys were having and that's it's interesting because I was talking to Luke about this. Is like you guys are always working very hard. You're always fighting, going all out. And last night it clicked. Is there any reason to define why it clicked last night as opposed to previous games?
2: Um, no i don 't think there 's a you know, definite answer to that i mean we 're all searching for for answers for a couple of weeks, and um, if any of us would have had the the magic formula or that one thing that we needed to change in order to get a win, I think uh, we we all would have done it um, and uh you know we all know about the state of the team and and we know that uh we're not uh you know in 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 march and april we're not going to compete with the top dogs but we got a certain standard that we got to play to and live up to and uh, we're definitely not a team that's given up 10 goals in two games so obviously it was some sort of mental you know blockage mm-hmm. mental problem um, that guys were carrying around and it kind of snowballed with every game and every every loss it kind of seemed to get worse and guys were grip their sticks a little bit tighter and maybe at some point it gets to the point where it's like where you almost have to like chuckle about it a little bit you mm-hmm. know when your situation gets so bad that uh, you have to kind of take it with a little bit of humor and that actually can kind of help sometimes to alleviate some of that pressure um, and guys look definitely they look more free I think Going out there and grabbing the lead definitely helped. Yeah. Uh, not not being on the on the kill right away, giving one or two up, and, and just you know having the lead and going to the intermission with the with a lead that that definitely you know gives us some some confidence.
0: Yeah, I mean you guys took that lead right off the bat, which you know from being on the road. Yeah. If you're on the road and you're chasing a game, that makes it difficult. You guys did that to them less than two minutes into the game, and then it seemed like after that, in particular, you guys invited a lot of physicality. You were getting in yeah. hits. There were some fights. Did that? I felt like that emboldened you guys and also woke up the crowd too in addition to being in the lead yeah I also think you know
2: Philly is a team that they're going to test your battle you know readiness that's mm-hmm. how they're built that's you know towards that's how he builds these yeah. teams and um, that's how they win their games um, that being said that's how we should probably play every game not just uh, the teams that are physical themselves but also the skilled teams be a lot more frustrating to them and then obviously you know yesterday a lot of things came together the the, the power play penalty kill clicked mm-hmm. um, goaltending was good uh, overall just you know the biggest thing too is we gave up that goal um, and in the previous games, uh, once we gave up a goal, the kind of the wheels came off the of the whole wagon right, and yeah. it just seemed like everything was going off the rails and and we were falling apart. Um, we kind of got to the intermission reset and uh, that's how you know we got to learn how to do that on a consistent basis.
0: Even the goal they scored, I mean, it did go into Mackenzie's glove. Yeah. Did, it, you know. I, I didn't really, I didn't really see the puck in the replays. So, yeah, you know, no, I yeah. still haven't seen a good angle yeah. of it either. But I mean, to your point, like that. It didn't deflate you guys, and it was a full 60-minute performance. I mean, obviously, a goal getting in, that's not unheard of. But you guys still, in the previous games, not even, you know, not looking at the 10-goal ones, but other games, there were moments. Like the opening game against Vegas, you guys gave up two goals at the end of the, what was it, the second period. But there was none of that last night. There was no mental breakdown. It was all very, very clean. Yeah, biggest thing about it is
2: that sometimes you have to just realize what time of the game it is you know we give up a goal and it's there's two minutes left in the uh, second period and it's like uh, you don't need to go out there and force something and get a goal right away mm-hmm. just get to the intermission you know play those last one or two shifts um, and then we'll reset and sometimes we, we struggle with that and, and reading the uh, you know the clock um, even sometimes, you know, we're we're on the power play and there's 10 seconds left or 15 seconds left in the power play, and then we're forcing a play because we're not reading the clock. And then, you know, there's a breakaway or, mm-hmm. or another breakdown because uh, we don't manage the clock well. Sometimes it happens to us in our dumps, in our changes, um, and that's something we just have to learn. And it's uh, it's just not shooting yourself in the foot, really, is what it yeah. is. And sometimes it's not so much about what the uh, opponents do, but what you don't do to yourselves that helps the team
0: was this been one of the more challenging periods of your career the, the, to start off the season this way and then have those two 10 goal games back to back because you mm-hmm. you've been on the other side of it you've been a stanley yeah. cup champion yeah I, forever I, I know, it's is, not a bin thing you'll always this, have that don't let me so let me take it away no <laughs> this
2: is definitely the 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 deepest hole of, of my career and uh, I hope I never experience it again.
0: <laughs> it's a good answer. Yeah, I mean, and then the, the takeaway is that h- how do you carry yeah. this into Thursday's game? Because Edmonton is a team that has very, you know, some of the best top-end talent in the world. But they're not playing great hockey right now. And those are my words, not yours. I'm not giving them bulletin board material. Yeah. But they're going to be coming in desperate like you guys yeah. were last night. Exactly. They're desperate.
2: And we know about their skill, um, especially on the power play, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if if we play that physical, hard-nosed style game, and they feel like we're always on top of them, that's probably the best way to go about it. And also, just taking the hardships from the last couple of weeks, and not just carrying it into Thursday's game or Friday's game, but I'm thinking like you know a year two years three years from now um, when things maybe aren't going bad and you lose two or three in a row and you uh you think it's the end of the world and then you can maybe say hey remember that one time in november yeah. of 2023 <laughs> when we opened the season with 11 losses in a row this ain't so bad so you know um it's a it's a valuable experience even though it's painful or it mm-hmm. was painful. Um, but I, I am convinced that, you know, on the other side, and I'm not just, like I said, not just talking tomorrow or weeks or months, but years from now we'll be, we'll be better off for it.
0: Well, we heard Eric Carlson talk about this the other night before the game against the Pens. He talked about where Colorado was before they made their climb. He talked about, I believe, Tampa as well. And I know that's tough because you're in the midst of it right now, but there is that sense that teams that go through this together, yeah. they build their way out of it and it turns into something dangerous. And it, I mean, The words you're saying right now, obviously, you're focused on the here and now, but you are thinking about where this team will be. Like, you obviously see something. Of course. um, I'm
2: convinced that uh, those are experiences that, you know, are almost necessary to help a team uh, in the playoffs. It's when I think about my playoff experiences that I've had with Minnesota and especially with Colorado there's gonna be uh there's gonna be ups and downs so the player run and within a game you know where you're on the road and you maybe have to win a game and all of a sudden you go down one nothing and the crowd is extremely loud and Mm -hmm. it seems like that mountain that you have to climb is so high and then we're in the same spot again it's like okay Let's just worry about getting to the intermission, playing solid hockey in the intermission, reset, and take it from there. Um, And you know, you players need to know what to do and how to feel in those kind of situations. They need to be able to recall experiences like we just went through so like I said I'm convinced we'll be better
0: for it. Yeah. and then Mackenzie Blackwood in particular it seems like last night was another performance for him where he was just yeah. we talked about even the one that you know did score he, ha- he did get his glove on it so I mean it, it, it seems like both him and Capo have been playing really really well
2: yeah Capo and, and, and Blackie both been excellent for us um, yeah without them without the goalie performances um, we know we need them in order to win hockey games that's no yeah. secret they, they're going to have to be good every night in order to give us a chance
0: yeah and well nico thank you very much man and i'll see you tomorrow all right perfect thank you again that was Nico sturm joining us here on the sharks audio network on morning tide presented by coors light and yeah i just i really loved his comments about you know being able to look at the adversity and use that to your advantage later on and then also that you know he sees something with this san jose sharks team and you know, he has been a vocal leader of pros, pro since the minute he arrived with this organization. And uh, I look forward to what the future has with Nico and the San Jose Sharks. But we are all out of time. I'll be back with you uh, tomorrow on the buildup as we get ready for Anaheim for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off.
1: You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.